Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 102. Chris, can you tell me the name of a Disney film which prominently features the number 102 in its plot and features a character that gets personality modification therapy by a Dr. Pavlov and, at the climax of the film, gets baked into a cake? Uh... I was going to say 102 Dalmatians until you talked about those last two things. <laughs> Have you I seen the so. film 102 Dalmatians? Nope. Those are two things that happened in the oh, film really? 102 Dalmatians. <laughs> that's, uh, that's correct. I also hadn't seen the film, and I read the Wikipedia article really quick, and <laughs> it's kind of horrifying. Cruella, played yeah. by Glenn Close, reprising her role in the live-action uh, adaption of 101 Dalmatians, uh, gets personality like therapy to cure her of the crime that she committed of the puppy thing but then later on in the film it's shown that his therapy doesn't work if the character hears a large bell sound of course <laughs> which happens when big ben chimes and then she just reverts to her old personality and dr pavlov doesn't tell anyone <laughs> he just <laughs> discovers this and goes on with his day i guess and then uh i think the puppies bake her into a cake but she survives and then the good guys inherit her fortune because that was a, a uh, some, it was a it was a condition of her parole. I think, uh, mm. yeah. So interesting plot. I, I saw something on Twitter recently that was, uh, do you think uh, whenever Pavlov heard a bell, he got the overwhelming urge to feed a dog? <laughs> <laughs> what is the Pavlov response? Is it <laughs> is it the dogs or is it your response to the dog? Uh, yeah, that's funny. I've I've had the uh, Thoughts along the same line watching my nephew Jack uh, learn actions that cause a particular response in his parents. Mm -hmm. It's it's very much a two-way street. And if, like, you know, he, he learned how to fake cry when he was surprisingly young, like eight months yep. old or something. And uh, he's just doing the same sort of thing we're doing. Like, he, he's taking actions in the world and seeing if that caused the response that he wants. And if they do, then it gets reinforced and he does more of it. And yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. uh, it's, it's people training that, each other. That's one reason. Uh, something you have to learn as a parent um, is you never react to a person to to a kid getting hurt. Always react to their response. Mm. And so, because if you if you if a kid falls, you might go <gasps> because that would hurt an adult, right? But kids yeah. are like bouncy, and yeah, so yeah. most kids just pick themselves up and want to keep going. But if you like react badly, then they'll start crying, and then you you never know like when it's actually hurt versus you know. Mm. Um, versus just reacting to your response so it's I, something you have to learn on teach teach yourself not to do yeah i totally see that and also so so yeah i think i think i think it's not good to freak out when a kid falls because right. then yeah i i have seen kids immediately look at the adults around them after they do something seemingly asking the question how should i be reacting right now and if they yeah. see you freaking out they're also going to freak out and at the same time i also don't want to be discounting their emotions which i i guess you i guess you included what to do with that like you you react based on their reaction yeah, so, yeah. If, if they cry then you start then you snap into you know freak out mode but right 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 they're okay then, but yeah whatever right i i i heard growing up all the time this this refrain of oh you're all right it's okay and i oh, heard I that that's dismissive of okay well what if they're not all right <laughs> you're, you're now teaching them that their own emotions are invalid and that's not healthy but i see yeah I'm I'm excited for parenthood. This it's so complicated. <laughs> My gosh, um, it's been a while since we've recorded yeah. podcasts. How have you been? We've had Christmas and New Year. I haven't, I haven't seen you since last year, Chris. That's right, since last year. Like <laughs> yes. in elementary school, I'll see you next year. That's yeah. right. <laughs> like yeah. the kid at the sleepover that's like, it's already tomorrow. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, I, I had a good one. I went up to Michigan, where it was actually warmer than Indiana for a while. Indiana went oh. to like negative, negative 10 degrees or something. Oh, when, my uh, goodness. A storm came down. Our pipes did not freeze. They did fine. So that's great. Uh, had a good Christmas and New Year. Came back. Everything was okay. Yeah. Um, I did not do very much. You did a bunch, which we'll talk about, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't do very much. The the gravity competition uh, ends tonight at seven, and so my Exciting. whole team is like trying to figure out what are, we have. Four more subs left, and uh, we just increased our score quite a bit. Actually, we're in ninth place, which means we'd get a gold medal. Um, also, there is some interesting uh, uh, gossip, I guess, <laughs> cackle gossip. Uh, a, a significant 
contingent of people, I guess, think that there are four cheaters in the top uh, 10 right now. Oh. Yeah, this was posted on the board. Um, it, these four accounts are being very obvious that they, they always update at the same time and always about the same amount, which means someone is leaderboard, leaderboard climbing with four accounts, which is against the rules. Oh, uh, uh, interesting. And so there was a big thread about that. And uh, so I think hopefully they'll just get disqualified. So... And that'll knock out four people above us. Would um, they get they like all of their accounts would get disqualified? It wouldn't just be that yeah. they get collapsed into a single account. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yep, they're in the top ten though, so it sounds like they're they would legitimately be doing well if they just had a single account. Why why so, might they be doing this? The the other thing is that they're probably doing well on the public leaderboard. So we think they're leaderboard climbing. The way that their updates are, they update by just a little bit every bit, and then they're the next one. All four of their accounts move up at the same rate, okay. which probably means they're just changing ones and zeros in their answer and leaderboard climbing. It's a little unclear why someone would do that because they're going to sink in the private leaderboard for sure if that's right. what they're doing. So, yeah, it's very odd behavior. So we'll okay. see. We'll see what happens at the end. Yeah, that is strange. Do you think we'll get an answer? Will this like? Will they, will... Uh, we'll see if they drop in ratings and rankings, and then we'll know that they were leaderboard climbing, and then we'll see if they were disqualified. I guess later. We can... Might we know why they were doing this though? Or... Not unless they post about it. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's all. It's all settled, you know, over emails and stuff. Not in public usually. I'm imagining a very complicated plot where they have a bet with someone or something where they have to get a certain number of accounts on the leaderboard. So, I don't know. So something that happens, which is interesting. I've heard this happen. I've, I've heard this a couple of times from different people. People sell accounts that have gotten medals. Oh. I guess that makes sense. If you're trying to get a job somewhere and you want to be like, hey, I have this account with this many medals. Yes. You just buy one. But it's like... I don't know. It's such a weird economy. <laughs> like, yeah. So you cheat to get medals and then you sell the accounts to other people. I, I don't know. Very strange. Based on a bet of lies. How interesting. Huh. Yeah. So, so that's the only thing I could think of. So many unexpected consequences from setting up this instrument. Like, it makes so much sense that you would want to set up a competition for AI and then hire people based on their performance of that. But then, of course, that's going to create the incentive to both cheat up the leaderboard and cheat by buying someone's account. Huh yeah uh anyway talk to me about the gravity competition though just how your team is doing so you're you're in position nine right now what yep what's the threshold for getting gold 11 i think yeah. okay so a little so, buffer and then maybe these four accounts hopefully also, so four accounts drop yeah so cool. if those four accounts drop i'm very <clears throat> confident we'll get gold if they don't then uh still hope hopeful <laughs> but we'll see yeah okay. and then i'll need one more gold to get grandmaster so this will be my fourth if we get gold fantastic this competition ends tonight. This episode yep. will not be published before tonight. Is there anything juicy you can tell me about how your team has been getting to position nine? Um, not, unfortunately, not really. Uh, it's okay. a lot of hard work. <laughs> like, we think we think there's a data leak, and we think the top three teams have found it because they all jumped up by about the same amount, um, like above what other people we're sort of at and so mm. we think that that's the data leak and we think we sort of have found some of it but we think there's an easy way to get all of it and we just haven't found it okay. um and that's How sort that of like just on google sort of they have a data set that is the private data set they're using could be something like that yep okay. it could also be something like i mean sometimes it's really silly things like uh you know the first half of everything is one and the second half is a zero uh it's not it's not that but it could be something that simple like you know every fifth one is a one or something you know like it it can be something like that Um, how might that play out then in the final judging of this would that that get shaken out no it's totally valid like that's valid yeah if there's data leaks and you find them then then you can win with them yeah that's fine um sometimes if they're found early enough in a competition and it's really egregious then the competition will reset um but it definitely won't reset this late in the game um it's got to be the first couple of weeks you know like like really 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 egregious data leaks are found in the first couple of weeks sometimes yeah okay how have you felt about working with this team i know we were talking about that you had to find a team that didn't care about winning the yeah. prize money how do, do you feel like everyone's pulling their weight do you feel like you've gotten insights that you wouldn't have gotten if you were just working on your own yeah i actually feel like i've fallen behind a little like they're all doing better more than i have because mm-hmm so when we left for christmas my server's here and i lost access to it access to it at some point and so i couldn't do anything for a couple of days and then by the time i got access back to my server and like figured out what they did like they had done stuff beyond what i had done so like i was 
I was at the state of the art in the team before Christmas and after yeah. Christmas, I was quite a bit behind. And so like, yeah, I feel like they, uh, they're the ones who, uh, if we get a gold have really pulled me up. So yeah. That's I great mean, then that, that yeah, really goes that way to you to, to partner. Yeah. Did you do your tactic of ingrocking into your computer? I did. Yeah. And that worked okay. for quite a while until I, it must've been, we lost power or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, oh, you didn't do your battery backup thing. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. Good. Yeah. Uh, neat. I'm excited for you. I'll be cheering you on. Get your second to last gold that you need to yeah. be able to be a grandmaster. And then right. I can say that I'm extremely good friends with a grandmaster on Kaggle, which will do wonders for my ego. That'll which means it. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be my new introduction to people. Hello. Uh, my awesome. name is Christian, and I'm very good friends with a grandmaster on Kaggle. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> cool. Oh, the. Uh, we, we, the, there was something I sent to you that was a, a video about someone doing a bunch of mapping and uh, geolocating stuff. Really interesting. This guy, this guy tracked a bunch of his runs, uh, running through every single street in. Oh, it wasn't Portland. It, Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and so as part of that, it, it's this big data problem of how you figure out where you've been tracking, and he, he had to deal with a lot of the same gps issues that i heard you dealing with with one of the kaggle competitions you had done and you mentioned this problem that he mentioned in the video called the uh the coastline of england problem that i wait i think we had talked about it before but i, I hadn't retained it uh may have but i'd love to just cement my understanding of that problem so i i, I guess i'll start that i think that the problem is that uh, how you measure the coastline of England is not straightforward. There's not there's not an answer to that problem, because do you do you dip into every single cove? And if you dip into every cove, well, should you be dipping in at more at a more granular level of like every rock? Should be go, you be going around the rock, or should you be going at the subatomic level of every single little uh, uh, dip into it? And then it's a coastline, which is defined i think is the the boundary between water and land so the water is moving all the time so is it is it does england have a different coastline depending on exactly where the water line happens to be at this moment uh is that a fair framing of the problem yeah exactly yeah it's um yeah so the problem is how long is the coastline of england um and england was chosen i think just for historical reasons but also because it has a long coastline and it's kind of a rocky coastline with lots of inlets and stuff and so it's a good example of this problem mm -hmm. um and it's something that is physical and should have an answer but it doesn't have an answer and that's very frustrating uh, <laughs> because of the things you talked about yeah the one way to explain it is that it's a fractal so if you look at it like at a map level that like say you get a second grader to draw a map right it's just really straight lines mm -hmm. you can just measure those lines great but if you zoom in yeah there's coves and there's all sorts of stuff and then you zoom in more and there's like there's like a pier like a man-made pier should that count should you go like 100 mm. feet that or 100 meters that way and 100 meters back uh maybe not but what if you get rocks that stick out 100 feet is that 100 mm. feet that way and 100 feet back probably not but if you cut that off then do you cut off other peninsulas and then what size of peninsula do you cut off and so the whole the whole problem is that or the whole framing of the problem is to get you to think that there are assumptions that you make even on quote unquote simple physical you know like attributes of things mm -hmm. and so without the assumptions that you made like any answer for what what is the length of the coastline is like sort of pointless mm -hmm. um because you don't know the assumptions uh and so that spirals out into well there's assumptions you make for everything and so even very simple definitions of things you know uh come with lots and lots of assumptions and so that's kind of where it goes but um yeah that's the problem that's a fun problem is the is the uh, uh circumference is that the right word was the area area yeah. around yeah circumference yep. is the circumference of a fractal infinite so uh it uh depends um if you are talking about the calculus limit uh in sense then maybe i actually don't know um if but you know so like but the coastline of england is defined by atoms and so that's that's a bottom right sure so you can't go i mean you could go lower than atoms i guess if you wanted to uh, but yeah so we sort of talked about this and, and at some points it gets ridiculous right you go to atoms and it's like well that's silly but right. you could just think about individual rocks or grains of sand right right and that's still ridiculous, but it's like, oh, well, I guess that, you know, changes how you think about things. I imagine as you're going more granular, the, the coastline distance is going to keep 
increasing because as I go around the pier, that's going to increase. I, I can't yes. see that decreasing as I get to, to finer and finer granularities. So on Wikipedia, when I look up what the coastline of England is, how long it is, what granularity are they using and how did they decide to use that granularity? I actually have no idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to look up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a, what a fun problem. The coastline of England problem. I would love to get into some of my stuff because I have yes. a lot of stuff that I would love your take on. The first is, most excitingly, for anyone watching this on video, I tidied my office. I, <laughs> I just to have those two huge shelves. It looks with great. All the junk. It's still in my office, but now it's off to the left where you can't see it. And I bought a plant at Home Depot with Sarah, and yeah. it's way bigger than I thought it would be for the space. I was <laughs> wow, like, awesome. oh, that's, that's a reasonable size plant. That'll be like, you know, the same, uh, that'll fit really well. And I brought it in, and it just like explodes in the room. And I didn't realize how, uh, how small the that's, indoor space it, was compared to Home Depot. Have you ever gone out and chopped down your own Christmas tree? no uh, is it yeah, the same you, thing the exact same thing you get there and you're like oh this looks pretty good and then you get it in your house and it's like folded <laughs> over at the top because it hits yeah. the, the ceiling yeah isn't that part of the plot of a christmas story the dad yeah. goes and chops down the tree and then i, I think, think so. that, is, is that's, 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 that's the same movie thing. yeah 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 it's funny <laughs> yeah i uh played this audiobook the bobiverse series oh my gosh Bob-a-verse. it's so good it's B-O- a it's a B-O-B? newer series baba Bob, like like B.O.B. Like the guy's B-O-B. name is Bob and he okay. creates a universe and he calls it the Bobiverse. Right. Uh, fascinating plot that, that this guy gets cryogenically frozen and then he gets revived as uh, uh, that, that his, his consciousness has been uploaded to uh, Silicon. And it's this sort of weird situation where he's kind of a slave, but uh, this company wants him to go and pilot a spaceship and then become a von Neumann probe. Um and so then the rest of the series is about him doing that and the safeguards that are put in place and how he subverts those. And, oh, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> and so I, I just played that. And the night before I played it and was just listening to it super, super late because I couldn't turn it off. I, I get so engaged in this sort of story. And then I uh, woke up the next day and wanted to listen to more of it. So I was looking for a task that I could do while also listening to this book. So I just totally rearranged and reorganized and tidied my office. And uh, it looks much better now, I think. I've got a nice plant. I've got a nice tidy shelf without a bunch of junk on it. And it feels cool. I feel more legit as a content <laughs> creator. <laughs> uh, is there anything else on that on that note? No. That's leads it. into the next thing, though. Speaking of which, yes, you are now creating more content. I am creating more content. I started Tell a new podcast that. with our mutual friend Shai Schechter. The idea is to so we, we I have I have weekly calls with Shai. Uh, he's one of my very good friends, and something we noticed is that the the conversations we have to help each other get unstuck tend to look very similar, no matter who's helping the other person. So we both found this incredible value in talking to someone and just having them gently push on okay well what's what's the next what's the thing that you're trying to get done uh why can't you do that today and what's stopping you from doing that what's what's getting in your way uh and then okay do do you think with that minimal set of the thing that you could get done today do you think you could do that like right now and it's helped both of us in different contexts push forward different problems it helped me to finally push uh the video clipper uh, soft launch, I was feeling sort of overwhelmed at this deadline that I had from uh, being on Michelle's podcast. I publicly announced that I was going to have something that people could use by the, the 26th and got really caught up in the weeds of there's an infinite number of things I can improve and change about this, right? And so I was struggling with what's the minimal set of things that I needed to do to uh, uh, allow public signups. And him asking me just like, why can't you do this today? really focused me in on oh well all this other stuff that i was worried about that are things that can be improved aren't directly in the way of the path of launching this thing so okay that's very clarifying i can i can get this done and then he asked okay how long do you think that's going to take you once i said you know oh it's these four things i need to hide this feature and i need to make sure that the login button actually works and i need to do whatever and him asking me how long do you think this is going to take you my ego stepped in and was like oh well that that wouldn't take me longer than an hour to get done (laughs) and so then i told him like an hour probably (laughs) and uh i didn't get it done in an hour but i did get it done the next day so it, it, and you know I, I don't know how long it would have taken me if i hadn't had that clarifying step so the idea of this podcast is we are going to have those conversations with other people if there's anyone who's in a, in a business context if, if it's like a product they're trying to get started um 
we will help walk them through that same step. So people come on our show and say, you know, this is what I'm trying to get done. And I feel sort of lost. I'm not sure what to do next. And we walk them through like, you know, how are you feeling about that? And what are the possible barriers that are getting in the way? And uh, guests leave the show with a clear action plan of what they would like to do. We came up with an interesting way to structure it. We recognize that not everyone is going to want this to be public on a podcast. So Mm. we're experimenting with if you would like to have exactly the same thing, we'll have exactly the same conversation with you. We'll record it. We'll send you the video afterwards, but it's not going to be public. You can pay us some amount of money and then it's sort of just like a business coaching session. But uh, if you'd like it to be free, you can also be on the podcast. I love that idea. I'm uh, very interested to see how that works out for you. Uh, Thank you very I much. Did, I, I didn't know about that second half. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, you said something interesting. So you said uh, something, something unstuck, something, something. And I immediately got uh, the image of a book cover with the word unstuck on it in the either Malcolm Gladwell or uh, Seth Godin style uh-huh. uh, where you uh, and Shai write a book about all your neat uh, conversations with people over the next couple of years. That's good. Uh, or we could just type in a gbt3 hey write a book about <laughs> the title unstuck in the style of malcolm gladwell based on podcast interviews and it'll just uh pop it out <laughs> i suppose yeah. uh but yeah um it doesn't necessarily have to be a book but i do think that this would be sort of a neat thing to do like follow-up case studies on and stuff you know like yeah so you have this business coaching session with someone and then you do a case study a month later and like did you actually do the thing if not why not uh yeah. how can we help get you unstuck for the next thing um that is very cool uh have you released the first episode because when i looked it wasn't live yet is it's it live? live as of okay. yesterday nice two days ago yeah cool and what is the url the url is what's stopping you.fm great what's stopping you.fm what's stopping uh, you.fm. is awesome i'm looking forward to to listening yeah i like the word unstuck yeah maybe the huh maybe it should be unstuck.fm no it's what it's what's stopping you to fm yeah 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 uh i like the, i i also see that picture though with the malcolm godwell like unstuck book yeah with like some duct tape or something being pulled off you know yeah yeah <laughs> that's good uh that's that's one of the new things that i made um second new thing that i made sort of just has procrastination yesterday i was having trouble <laughs> after the holidays getting back into the work that i would most like to be doing on a long term i don't want to mm. use the word should it's right. not that i should be doing the work it's based on my long-term priorities this is the work that makes the most sense to do on the video clipper so i, I was having trouble doing that i started just messing around on hacker news and saw that someone released this interesting take on wordle where it it's showing you the pixels of the letters that you got correct which oh. is kind of a fun spin on it yeah showing it as like a like a seven segment display sort of thing and it shows you a row at a time and, and it was kind of cool and so in doing that i reached for this tool that i've used before uh that i find by googling the term regex dictionary and it's this tool that someone made that looks like it, it's super old and but you can type in regex and then it searches an english dictionary for the the word that you're looking for so you know in in the context of trying to solve this word puzzle i knew what pixels were correct and which were incorrect so so for each letter position i was able to come up with a set of letters that could make sense in that spot so i'm I'm left with i think it's a five letter word i'm left with a set of letters for each position of this five letter word that could be in that position but just me looking at it it's it, it was difficult for me to figure out what the word was so that's very easy to do in regex you just say okay the first character is going to be one of the characters from this set the second character is going to be one of the characters from this set and you know do that for for all five letters so i did that and was reminded that i've used this tool several times in a similar context and i really don't like it it uses a uh server side dictionary so you submit a request and it takes several seconds to come back with the response of what the word list is and i was thinking how much better would this be if you just live type it in and you can you can load an entire dictionary into memory or a web page that that's not that much data and uh so i definitely didn't want to work on the video clipper because i just wasn't like feeling it so i said well let me, let me just throw up a quick web page it'll just be like you know a, a single html page with react uh, but then that was kind of hard to do. And so that's, okay, well, let me, let me just do my full thing of I'll host it on Vercel and I'll, uh, you know, do the, the regular way that I do this with, uh, 
the, my regular project infrastructure. And the next thing I know, I'm doing keyword research on like what are the keywords that this <laughs> other website's ranking for, and yeah. I find out this was the clinching moment. The the URL regexdictionary.com was available, and I thought, oh no, okay. So I bought the domain name, got it, hooked it up. I know. So, and I from the keyword research I found, there's there's a lot of word pattern phrases that were surprising to me that people google really frequently it's like thousands of queries a month hmm. um one of them is uh words ending in to i don't know why people are googling that thousands of times a month but that's one of the things people are googling so i Scrap- scraped together scrabble maybe scramble i was thinking it might be some sort of a recurring puzzle if it's mm. wordle or i don't know i don't know um because I think it was pretty consistent traffic too when I looked at it. Uh, mm-hmm. Other ones are like uh, words ending in G-R-Y, five-letter words ending in O-U-R, words that start with R-H, uh, five-letter words, five-letter words starts with C-A, uh, and mm-hmm. I've got, I don't know, two dozen of these total. So yeah. I felt pretty clever in that I could make all these landing pages just with uh, a, an, a JSON document because the two pieces of data that I need to make a new page are the title, which is just the thing people are Googling, and then the regex that filters the page, mm. and then that generates the page that uses that regex to filter the dictionary. So when you when you visit uh, regexdictionary.com slash words dash ending dash in dash gry, it fills in the regex. I even automatically generate the social media image, the the open graph nice. image. So it, it and it looks terrible, but I'm doing it so I get to <laughs> <laughs> be easy to update to, to make it look better. And uh, yeah, it was a fun little project, and I'm I'm particularly proud of myself for. Launching this with marketing in mind, that I, I think previous projects of this caliber, if it was like a day long project, it would just be a thing that I make and I might post it to my blog, but I wouldn't even be thinking about marketing in, in any sense. And I've got marketing in my bones now a little bit of uh, thinking one step ahead of okay, how are people going to find this and what's the what's the what are the things they might be searching for? Who's the person who has this problem and and what might they be googling to to uh, get to the solution? And I don't think this is fully connected with an audience because like that register dictionary, I, I looked at the traffic and it gets something like, I don't know, like 500 visits a month or something, yeah. uh, according to, to SEMrush. So I, I don't think, I don't think this is important for anyone but me, but like, at least I'm happy that this is the tool that I would want in this context. And, uh, I, I, for people who are Googling for these terms of words, if they click on it, I think they'll be very confused by what regex is. However, <laughs> maybe it, it does have a list of words that solves their problem. So uh, I feel pretty cool about that. That's uh, really cool. Um, I was trying to think of ways you could actually monetize it. Um, if it's people like trying to play Scrabble or something or trying mm-hmm. to play Wordle or something, I wonder if there's a, a PDF that maybe someone else sells that you could be an affiliate for that's like how to win Scrabble against your family uh, or something. Yeah. And <laughs> put a big banner <laughs> ad for that. On it. Yeah, yeah, uh, something like that. Um, but otherwise, it's just kind of a neat, neat project. Uh, so it's cool. I'd be very interested to see if it actually gets uh, traffic, uh, you know, in six months or something. I'll keep you updated on this exciting new project. Um, <laughs> an interesting discovery in this was following the Semrush technique that I learned from this onboarding expert of like, you know, start with your your core set of keywords and, and a core list of who you, you think your competitors are, and then go one step out from that of like, what are the related keywords? What are the other keywords that your competitors are ranking for? And then look for who's ranking top in those keywords, and then you can sort of repeat the cycle. I found that there are some big players in the space of uh, uh, like word game pages. Uh, I, and I, I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but like some of them have this domain yeah. ranking of like, you know, 60 or 70 and they have thousands of pages of like you know whatever the url is slash words ending in slash and then every letter of the dictionary and every two letter combination and uh it it was interesting to see that like this this is an established space uh but these keywords are real juicy like most of the keywords have very very low difficulty so um, yeah i'm I'm curious to see what comes of it and I'm most interested in my my perspective shifting to be thinking about SEO from the beginning. Yeah, I think that's the real key. Uh, m- my guess is, like most people, if they search for keywords ending in AY or something, they yeah. see the list, they take one, and then they bounce immediately. <laughs> like, for sure. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's my guess. Um, but yeah, the, the general, you know, marketing first is a uh, 
good strategy to to learn to keep in mind yeah I don't think this makes sense at all as a business. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I would feel some personal satisfaction in is if I could be funneling people to be learning about regex. I think that'd be kind of fun, mm. especially if I could get non-programmers interested in it. I'm thinking of like, you know, the dad who's been doing crossword puzzles for 20 years and doesn't really know coding, but is interested in it. Maybe he's done some sort of a technical job. And if, if I could introduce him to the concept of regex i think it would blow his mind and if i could do it in in an accessible way uh i think he'd be very excited about that yeah especially in this new world of being able to just type in a description of the mm. regex that you want to write and then gpt3 can write it for you i think that's uh it, the regex is more accessible than it ever has been yeah that's interesting i i remember even coders so i i was three years into college two I guess two and a half years into college before I learned about regex and it, it sort of blew my mind and I had been coding for a few years yeah um yeah it, it's also extremely difficult to learn because it's it's basically an extremely terse programming language yeah um so yeah anything you could do to make people learn about it or, or learn it would be cool too just because yeah it'd be fun to make a little mini course on it just as a tutorial actually no yeah especially with my fancy new background I think I'm going to record a video just as an intro to regex what a challenge what's what's the what's the minimal subset of regex that you teach well no i think i know what that would be you you a through z zero through nine plus star dot dot yeah uh the uh carrot and the and the dollar sign for the beginning of the string and i think yeah just that i think is is that'll get you through most word puzzle things yeah that's most of what i know about regex anyway (laughs) so anytime i have to do like like yeah like matching on a specific index or like you know like even parentheses and stuff i'm like oh no i gotta yeah yeah. the other thing that i use all all the time is uh not something so yeah yes yeah yeah. five character string where the second letter is not an x yep 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 yeah that makes sense huh this sort of rolls into something that the, the next topic that i wanted to talk about uh I was talking with my wife, Sarah, yesterday about Egghead. And hmm. what what was the context? Why was I talking about that? I don't remember. We were talking about something involving... Oh, no. Uh, uh, with one of her projects, we were, we were talking about a, a potential way for her to be making money is to be uh, sort of operating as an Egghead of gymnastics coaching. Oh. So uh, th- there's a whole bunch of problems in gymnastics. One of them is that when you're a new coach, or even if you're an established coach, there's no established training for coaches and they're so like that's really bad because the coaches are responsible for putting these young people in extremely dangerous potentially life-threatening uh situations physically and there's all kinds of emotional abuse and other types of abuse mm. that happen in gymnastics that like is happening in part because the coaches never got trained uh there, there's no established training for this you sort of just are expected to get in and hit the ground running if you've if you've taken gymnastics before if you, if you have experience with it like see it do it teach it so one of the one of the business uh opportunities that we came up with last night is if she was operating as an egghead of gymnastics she could be contacting specialists in uh communicating to your students in a healthier way without being abusive and that could be its own course that then you have the same sort of affiliate model on egghead and so then she started asking about egghead and i was like oh yeah you know my friend chris does that and he makes a few thousand dollars a month from it uh from this course that he recorded years ago and much less now but much less now okay (laughs) um um, and uh a few hundred dollars a month yeah okay okay this is interesting for the question i'm about to ask uh so when i told sarah it was like a few thousand dollars a month she was like wow why don't you do that and i was like oh i think i would uh i think i would actually really enjoy that and especially being really comfortable in the realm of video and having this fancy background now that i want to show other people and i really enjoy teaching that's a a, uh activity that i get a lot of fulfillment out of so the question that i'm coming to you with is what's the deal with egghead and would you recommend it uh and then i have more questions based on your answers to those questions sure so yeah you you absolutely can make a a few thousand a month when the course first launches but it Mm. it dies off pretty quickly and um so i have several courses out now and i'm making i haven't made one for like two years and i'm still making a couple hundred dollars a month so that's nice Mm. um but it is not you know a panacea of free money forever um with technical content the main problem is that you have to keep it updated 
mm. because new versions come out all the time i could actually see how this would be really great in gymnastics because like you know good gymnastics teaching is the same for i don't know years i mean maybe there's new you know there's new techniques and stuff that come out but like mm. teaching the teachers um is something that doesn't go out of style mm. so that's really cool um the other thing about egghead so, so th there's two things i'm talking about one is should you do egghead the other is just gymnastics egghead mm -hmm. uh, question um one of the ways that egghead got really popular is they had some very um already popular people do courses so mm -hmm. when dan abramoff did the redux tutorial yeah. like that's what got me into egghead and that's what got a lot of people into egghead so same if she did that you would really you would need like some superstar celebrity in gymnastics to do a tutorial mm -hmm. um and that would be that, that's like the huge viral driver um so which i think she should get she carpooled with nastia lucan uh they, they oh, did nice. math homework together get, yeah uh get she, her to do one tutorial it could be even simple like you for know, sure like and uh absolutely yes yeah. yes it's um, a it's a very small yeah. close-knit community also i think she could yeah. very easily just get in contact with yeah. everyone involved in the space yeah so that's the other thing too is that there's way less people who teach gymnastics than there are developers mm. and so you would need some probably some like agreement with gyms maybe so like you know it costs you know this much per month but you can show it to all of your new instructors or something like yeah. that um you'd want to do i think that kind of model instead of like a per developer model because mm -hmm. the per develop you know 29 bucks per developer a month makes sense because there's a million developers right right um makes far less sense when there's a, such a small market um so think about that yeah i think selling to gyms would make the most sense and then everyone at the gym gets access to it and then figure out what the capacity is of gyms to be able to pay for something like this yeah um now should you do egghead that's a very interesting question mm -hmm. egghead has changed recently actually um joel hooks the the current head of egghead had a thread about this twitter thread go look it up um but uh they used to do these self-serve courses that were very extremely terse and often done by celebrities like i say celebrities like dan Habermoff, right people yeah. well known for the thing they have moved they, they moved first to a um like a live not a live stream but like a, a workshop kind of model they did mm. workshops first and then turn those into courses and now i think they're even changing again so they've tried to find their footing um and um joel talks about it he you know they sort of not faltered but like just changed um mm. and so i would look look up that um in particular a lot of instructors who like during doing the self-serve sort of small courses did not like the workshop style courses hmm. um it, like because workshops are more work right yeah, um, yeah. and so like joel was going after this sort of learner like the best way for people to learn and that is not necessarily the way that instructors want to teach which mm -hmm. is unfortunate um but kind of the way it is so uh yeah so the long and short of it is is complicated <laughs> and it's gotten more complicated recently hmm. um yeah, I don't know if that answers any of your questions, but this is helping to flesh it out. Yes, um, I think I need to know from. I, I guess I'll, I'll message Joel or, or read the thread that he did uh, about the direction that Egghead's going in. That the the meta problem here of how do you create content that's most effective for people to learn is one that I'm very interested in. That's something I experienced even doing summer classes for middle schoolers, trying to trying to figure out like especially for uh, for any sort of technical topic there's such a wide uh diversity of experience and, and diversity of uh capacity and very challenging when i first started to to be able to teach kids web development because you know one one kid in the class would be way far ahead of everyone else and he would have already made websites and one kid in the class like doesn't know how to type and how do you how do you cater to both of those in the same room um which I, I sort of figured out by doing more of a self-paced, like having all the content uh, hosted in a Khan Academy style. But yeah, all that to say, this, that topic is something I'm very interested in. And so where he's landed on that right now would be interesting to me to see if that's a type of content that I'd be interested in making. Um, so that, that's the first part. The second part is I am chewing on what content would make the most sense for me to teach. Some of the obvious things are Firebase I'm really into. I think I could say a lot about Firebase. I've been itching to make some sort of instructional thing about Firebase for a long time. And another area that I could do this on is on FFmpeg stuff. FFmpeg is so complicated and so powerful. And I know so much about it right now. And 
especially in, in integrating it with other tools and making it serverless and uh, th this extra layer of, this is a library called Fluent FFmpeg that is a much more reasonable interface that then compiles to the command that goes to FFmpeg that then you run. So that's something I would be excited about teaching. And then I was reminded, I also have this learn to code uh, thing that I was doing and then totally abandoned <laughs> in, in 2020. And I'd like to finish that. I My goal was to make an intro course on HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And I think I published HTML and CSS and never did JavaScript. So that, that would just be something I'd like to get done that I think would also scratch my itch for making educational content. And as a meta layer to this, I'm also thinking about, well, how does this how does this feed into the other stuff that I'm doing? And I don't really know that Firebase would, but I could also see that being sort of a lead gen if I'm going to be doing more consulting work that people would watch that course and then say, can I hire you to do consulting work because you clearly know what you're doing. Uh, and then maybe the FFmpeg stuff would have some spillover into the video clipper that maybe some of the people who are trying to learn FFmpeg would rather use my tool, but I'm, I'm more cautious about that because I don't want to be like giving people all the information they would need to make their own version of the video clipper. And now I'm just having a machine that spawns competitors or something. Uh, I don't, I don't think I like that, but you know, is that a, is that a scarcity mentality of that? There's a certain number of customers. And, uh, you know, I think, I think the market would certainly benefit from more people having more takes on this, but, uh, I would like to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to destroy my moat if it wouldn't benefit me at all to do that. I don't want to like just shoot myself in the foot. Uh, What's your take on the potential topics I could be teaching? Yeah, so three pretty different ones. Um, from an egghead lens, uh, Firebase is absolutely the topic I would go with because yeah. that is the topic that most of the people on the egghead list would be familiar with and maybe want to learn and probably has the biggest desire to learn, like to buy an egghead subscription to, to learn. Mm -hmm. um, FFmpeg. Yes, is very difficult, but also has a much smaller audience of people who actually want to learn it. Yeah. Um, so that would be my worry there. And then learn to code is a little... Like, people sign up for Egghead once they are already coding. And yes. so learn to code, while very interesting and has a huge, huge audience, um, I don't think is quite right for Egghead, although it could be very wrong. I don't know. Um, so of those three, like Firebase is the one that I would push you towards. And you mentioned, like, you don't think you would... I don't know how you worded it. You you don't think you would learn much about things if you, or it's not much crossover if you did a Firebase course. Um, but what I found when doing courses was one, I learned about the thing even more than I already knew, which was mm -hmm. nice. And so if you're using Firebase, which you are, then you'll learn, it, you, you learn about something really deeply when you teach it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I haven't been able to replicate with regular learning. Like teaching something is a very unique way to learn about it. Um, and then the other thing is I learned a ton about myself and even about like business and stuff by, you know, teaching Egghead and Caster and Pluralsight courses, right? Um, like I just learned a lot about thing things that I didn't touch on as developers. So like mm -hmm. that's basically how I shifted into DevRel was doing those things. And so it opens up doors that you didn't, you know, maybe know existed. Mm -hmm. um, so I would really push you to do a Firebase course uh, mm -hmm. with or without Egghead. I mean, you could reach out to Joel. I bet he would be very interested in a Firebase course. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing is, my only caution is that it will absolutely take tons of time away from you doing other things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it takes way more work than you think it will to make a course, especially the first time. I, I have to make an Egghead style video, which mm -hmm. is like, say, three minutes, probably takes a half a day, like four hours. Oof. Okay. So it, it's more than an hour per minute of video. Wow. For me. Yeah. Um, so just think about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's something to think about. And my overly optimistic brain, I think it's say like, ah, it won't take that long. <laughs> it's absolutely longer than you think. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I, I think that has focused me on that. That's the course that I'm most interested in right now. And I like the benefit of that. I'm going to understand it much better. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, by teaching it, I'm, I'm going to be able to learn the topic at a, at a much deeper level. And then I think if I'm mentally categorizing this as a project that's in the realm of alternate income, that this isn't uh, like I, I have like my main focus, which I want to be software as a service. I, I think that has the, the best promise in the long term. That's like the way that I want to be making a lot of money in the future. Um, so if I'm looking at the course as 
not related to that, but related to whatever the, the side income, the backup income is going to be doing something on Firebase, but also feed into doing consulting. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense on several fronts. Okay. I think the main question I have now then is what is, what is Egghead taking and what are they bringing to the table? And is that worth it? I have a small audience that I could be launching this to. I don't know how many of them would care about learning Firebase, but <laughs> you know, this is, this is something that I could maybe be splitting the content and put a lot of it on YouTube and then have a, a paid version of it or something. Um, okay. I think, I think if Egghead could come to me and say, you know, you don't have to worry about billing. You don't have to worry about, uh, hosting the content. You don't have to worry about marketing. Uh, we do all that for you and we take something like 30 or 40%. I think that would make sense to me to do. Um, especially if they're being collaborative and working with me of like feedback on the, on the content and, uh, the sort of thing that their audience would most resonate with and whatever Joel's learned about what the most effective content is. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that would be worth it. So yeah, they bring three big things. Two are obvious and one I wouldn't discount. Uh, one is a huge email list. They have Mm -hmm. a huge email list of JavaScript developers. So, uh, yeah, number one. Um, number two is yes, they take care of billing and marketing and all of those things. Uh, you know, graphic creation and, and hosting, and that is huge. Um, and then the other thing, which you might not be thinking about, is they come with a, a person who will talk to you. It probably won't be Joel. They have other people to like, you know, who poke you every once in a while, mm-hmm. um, and like a timeline. Um, and it's not. They're actually really great. They don't like enforce a timeline, but they say things like, you know stuff like yeah when do you want this to go out right yeah (laughs) and then you have to come up with a date and then you have to like do the stuff um whereas if you're just doing it yourself you just push it off and push it off and push it off but if you're beholden to someone you know and and they are really great about it they they don't enforce hard deadlines and stuff like that but but they are like someone you have to talk to about it um and so i wouldn't discount that for sure i previously discounted that and i've realized through this podcast other (laughs) experiments like this that that actually pushes me forward a lot more than i wanted to admit before yeah 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 so um yes they they they're going to take part of your profits right partly because they're hosting it and providing an email list and providing stuff yeah. uh, but they're also going to your chances of finishing it are much higher with them than without them i, I yeah. think yeah the email list i think i see is the biggest value yeah that would yeah probably the, the the idea that like they could just send out an email or two or a sequence and get some percentage of this massive number of people to be watching the video which is then uh i think i think they're way of paying is they pay you some amount per second of video that people watch of your videos so uh, they're they're doing things differently uh this is all public information too i I don't want to share anything that's private i I don't think i know much that's private that is not public but um they're shifting slightly they still have those for sure you can still sign up and and watch the entire library of content but they're also doing more of these one-off courses where you know it's it's a higher dollar course so like in the hundreds of dollars probably uh for a expansive course about one topic and Mm -hmm. so I actually don't know if you're like all of Firebase would probably be one of these big expansive things. Yep. But if you want to do like, you know, how to host a database on Firebase and do whatever, whatever, I don't know, you know, right. if it's like 10 videos, then it'd be like a smaller traditional egghead style course. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll talk to them. I actually don't know how they are pushing new instructors if they're pushing them towards these bigger courses. I don't, I don't think so. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Talk to them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the grand vision I have for this is that it would be a very expansive, uh, like I, I want to teach all of Firebase because yeah. I have to know all of Firebase and everything I'm doing <laughs> now. I've, I've been forced to learn most of this and it's an incredibly powerful platform that I really like. I, I feel more productive in building stuff than I ever have on any stack I've ever tried. Um, and I spent a long time searching for something that would check all these boxes and yeah, I think that's the that's the course I would want to make. Like going through everything involving the database, querying, updating, deleting, all the CRUD stuff, scaling, authentication, and then uh, all the stuff involving the Google Cloud storage of hosting files and all the implications of doing that and security rules. And cloud functions are a, a whole topic. Uh, and then I can talk about like the, the analytics and tying that in with like, yeah, no, I, I would want to do a course on like all of Firebase. Um, okay. So- so to me, as a content creator, that sounds like about a year-long process. To oh, it course. does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, which might be what you want. I don't know. Uh, yeah. What I would do first is 
a smaller version, either just either a Firebase or something else, like a, a smaller course. Can, can you make 10 videos about something? You yeah, know, yeah. Three, three minutes piece and, and do that. Um, as we discussed, that would be 30 minutes. So about 30 hours, probably 40 hours when you get done with it. So probably an yeah. entire week to create a 10 video course. Um, and if you could do that, and at the end of that, still like making videos, then you might yeah. be ready to do <laughs> a larger course. Yeah, that feels... That feels manageable. And there's a lot of different chunks of Firebase that I could be talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe I could just do that without even talking to Egghead. Maybe maybe I'd just yeah. do that to experiment with it and, and throw that on YouTube yeah. and it, see what happens. And at the end of that, if you hate it, then you know you don't want to do the big course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. And then based on the responses I get from that, that would be interesting to take to Egghead and say, yes. like, look, here's the, the beginning of this course. Uh, I, I feel like I would have more leverage in that negotiation. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, they do want to see, you know, like people actually want to learn this. Um, yes. That's why I chose Firebase because obviously people want to learn Firebase. Right, right. Okay, cool. All right, that feels like a good plan. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do off of this. Maybe I'll just not talk about it again for the next six months. Who knows? Uh, I feel excited about it right now, but there, yeah. there are more uh, important I may have other priorities. The the video clipper is definitely the the top of that list. Speaking of which, there's I think two more two more things I want to talk about uh, in the next ten minutes. The video clipper. I've had several days where I thought paid plans were going to get pushed out, and it's so close. It's like almost there. Um, I have a place where people can go to the website and they can click on the plan that they want, and they can go through Stripe checkout, and they can actually be paying me money and signing it for a paid plan and someone actually did but they did like they're not supposed to yet because it doesn't actually do anything in their account <laughs> the only difference is they're paying me money um the but the someone's thing, paying you money someone's paying me money now yeah first uh, customer for the video clipper first customer yes but I, they did it on accident and they canceled their not on like they did it intentionally <laughs> but they're not able to actually use it so oh, no. they they said okay I'm gonna cancel it until I'm ready because and it's nothing to do with me it's like the the source yeah, yeah. videos that they had weren't in a format that oh, okay. they they thought they were oh, well. um not not just like that it needs to be converted but like they need to go back and edit them uh they got it from from someone else and they thought it was in a different state than it actually wasn't so I was like oh great actually you know you shouldn't have even signed up for it but thank you so what I did was credit their account uh mm -hmm. they paid me a hundred dollars so I credited the account with two hundred dollars so they'll oh. have like. You know, two whenever they're ready they to sign, sign up, up again, yeah. they'll have the the month that they're paying for now. They'll be, they'll be able to redo that, and then they'll have an, another month on top of that. Um, so the headline is first revenue for the video clipper, right? First revenue for the video clipper. That's right. Nice. <laughs> sell the sell the heck out of it. Um, so that's exciting. But the so the the last thing that needs to be done is one page on the website that lets you change the settings for the video. So mm -hmm. change the background color, change uh, uh, disable the watermark, and maybe change the font i haven't quite decided if i'm actually going to do that yet just just i mean launch with the first two right can. <laughs> okay i'll launch with the first two um and then uh let people do that if they've signed up for an account and like that's going to take me a couple of hours I, i'd like to finish that tomorrow so i'd like for the next thing we talk about on this podcast to be that i've launched and i have some number of customers who have the coupon oh the way i'm doing the coupons have we talked about that that i'm doing a launch coupon no. I think what I want to do, and I'd like your feedback on this, is because this isn't fully featured yet, I it's a very minimal, just like the bare bones thing that it's going to do. I think what I want to do is offer a extremely discounted coupon that's valid for the next something like six months, where it's like half off or something for the next six months. And if people sign up for it now, the, the, the game is that like, excuse me... <coughs> Ah, um, the game is that if you sign up for it now, yes, you get uh, uh, less of the product right now. But as I launch new features, I'm going to be raising the price. So maybe the coupon starts at 50% off, and then the next feature I launch, it goes to 60 uh, to 40% to off, and then the next feature I launch, it goes to 30% off until I'm at the place where I'm, I'm charging the full price for it. And so, what? what you're how how you might be framing it if you're buying it with the the uh early discount coupon is like you're gonna see you're you're you know maybe after three months you're gonna be getting the full value of the product because all the features are going to be released but you're only paying 50 percent still for for the next few months uh what's your take on that that, that sounds great i <clears throat> what you said sounds a little ambiguous i wouldn't i would be extremely specific and time-based so i would say something like you can sign up for $20 a month right now, but only for the next seven days. Mm. Um, and 
these are the next three features I'm going to push out. These are my you know approximate you know dates when I'm going to push them out. Um, and after that, it's going to be $79 a month or whatever. Okay. Um, and then I would send, you know, three emails the day before and, you know, two emails the day of or whatever. Yes. Um, that is what I've seen be effective. That makes so much sense. And that's so many more emails that I was planning on sending. <laughs> uh, people people yes. don't do anything for the first three emails. I, I have a few emails right now. My credit card's expired at the end of 2022 and I haven't updated <laughs> them yet. I have a new one sitting on my desk and I have three emails from my utility company being like, your credit card expired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people don't do anything for the first three or four emails. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yes. I know that intellectually. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. I think I need to really think about then the email sequence and, and yeah, write out a timeline of exactly what those features are going to be. Yeah. Uh, one of them is going to be social media integration. One of them is going to be more customization. One of them is going to be right now you can only export in square in the original format. So one of them is going to be, you can add other formats and you can add your own formats if you want to. The other thing you could do, which might be too much work, uh, you could do something like if you sign up now, you can then vote on the feature I work on next. Oh, like interesting. There's variations of that that I've seen work. Um, like like if you're a paying customer and you're waiting for features, then basically the feature gets pushed on my list if you're a paying customer. Cool. Yeah. Do you know of a good framework for hosting those features? I think I've seen like uh, uh, oh, Trello. I think that's what it's There's called. There's a few paid products. You could use Trello. You could also just like do it yourself with a little vote up and down button on a yeah. page. Okay. Um, you could ju- you could even just have like a comment box. Like, what do you want to see? That that might be most valuable. Like, what feature do you want next? Uh, type yes. it here. Something like that. Okay, that'd be the easiest thing to do. I think I might just do that. Or mm. reply to this email with a feature you want. That, you know, once you're a customer, reply to this email and something something. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, before I go to the next topic, I was on the Software Social podcast with Michelle. Hansen. I know we missed that. Yeah. That was huge. I, I listened yeah. to you, and I was like, I didn't know you were going to be on this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we stop co-working. We I, I know. <laughs> I, I know um, much less about what's going on in your life. That's very cool. And, yeah. How was that experience? It was fun. It was just a, a fun chat. Uh, that's it. I haven't really seen anything happen from it, but I I haven't looked at the sign up data also, so I don't know if I. Uh, got people signing up for it. I mean, I, I would already say it's pushed you to be more deadline driven for at least this initial. Yeah, nothing. for sure. That's probably the biggest effect. Yeah. That I was really focused on that December 26th date as like, this is when I need to uh, get things in gear and external, external deadlines, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, ha. Huh. I don't, I don't like that about myself that that works so well, but I, yeah. I guess that's the way it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh, two two other small things. I have a backup update. I have backed up everything that we talked about. So, oh, except for Google Photos. Uh, but I have a note <laughs> about that because it's huge. So the uh, yeah. I, I have backups for Firebase and that's all getting synced and uh, Twitter and, and all the other cloud storage and, and that's all been officially pushed up to Backblaze. So like it's in several spots. It would be very difficult to lose that at this point. And I struggled with getting a Facebook checkout and getting a Google checkout because... I went to the website and I said, okay, you know, check out my information. And then I forgot about it for like four days. And then I came back to it and was like, oh yeah, I, I should get those. And it expired. Oh, and I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? It expired. I got to do this whole thing again now. Like at least wait for me to download it or send me an email or something. That, that Facebook fa- didn't even send me an email. Yeah, that was Facebook, right? Yeah. 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 Google's terrible. Google at least sends you an email. Google at least sends an email. Yes. That's <laughs> nice. But it still expires. So yeah. I, for Facebook, I just made a to-do for the next day and then downloaded it. And I don't see another way around Facebook, but for Google, I didn't see this the first time, but when you say where you would like the checkout to go to, one of the options is Google Drive. And if it goes to Google Drive, it doesn't expire. It's taking up space in your Google Drive then that you have to pay for, but now it's in Google Drive. And once it's in Google Drive, I already wrote the script with our clone to be cloning everything from Google Drive. So now it's perfect. Now, I, you know, I, I queue up the, the backups. I can even set it to do it automatically every nice. whatever, three or six months. And which would be kind of scary to do with Google Photos because that's a lot of data, but uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Can, um, can you, with takeout, I actually don't know this. I should know this. Can you say only data that's been updated in the last six months? No. Or no. Yeah, Isn't that terrible? Out. Get get on that. Talk to Larry. No, it's not terrible. <laughs> Oh boy. Chill. Uh, I, I get the sense in interacting with these takeout products that the companies are doing it more begrudgingly. Like it's not the most polished part of the app. I, as now a, a 
corporate chill. I, I <laughs> won't comment more than saying, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not like the daily use case that they expect, right? I mean, the daily mm. use case is you use Yap. Um, right. So yeah, it, it is a way to get your your data out. Yeah. And there are rough edges. Sure. I get it. It's, it's you know, building a bridge over the moat that doesn't really benefit you. This, that's what we talked about earlier in this episode with me making a course on, uh, on FFmpeg. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd still like to know that I'm not going to lose all my photos if yeah. something happens. Either something happens with Google or I lose my account in some way that the yeah. heard horror Which stories and Hacker News of, yeah. Every, yeah, every <clears> week <throat> or so, there's another story on Hacker News about someone losing Google or Facebook or any, you know, any account. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh that would be devastating for me to, to lose all those photos. So mm-hmm. it's in place. Uh, I did remember one other service that I would like a backup from, which is Fitbit. I have all my I switched oh. from Fitbit to an Apple Watch, and uh, I don't have my Fitbit data, so I'd like that. But man, I just feel so calm and at peace looking at this folder on my hard drive that's also backed up to Backblaze, and there's all my data for all these different services. Nice. And, you know they could all go down and i I would still have access to it so that feels really good my wife had a similar thing her she had a chromebook for many years um she just browses the internet you know uses google photos and docs and all that stuff and it totally died just one day just turned off Hmm. and uh, she got a new one and she hooked up her drive and everything just magically synced and that was an awesome feeling uh now if she loses her google account then it would not do that and that would be awful yes Uh, but (laughs) as long as you have that going (laughs) like having a chromebook is actually a super neat experience because yeah it just all works and if you just add to that that you are are cloning all the stuff from your Google Drive, yeah. now you're you're fireproof. Like nothing, everything from the laptop is syncing to Google Drive. So if your laptop falls in a lake, you're gonna still have your uh, yep. data with you. And then if you're once a month or once every six months doing a catastrophic recovery of that you're backing up everything, then yeah, it seems like your your bases are covered. You got pretty good insurance. I have two other tiny things that are personal and I just wanted to talk about them because they were fun. Cool. Uh, the first is I discovered Sarah and I in this new year are talking about like getting more in shape and doing more cardio. And I discovered this app that she's been using called Supernatural and VR. Mm. I was in the mood to just like, I was kind of angry about this this thing that happened. And, uh, I, I just really wanted to punch something. And so I was thinking like, <laughs> oh, I remember kickboxing was really fun. Yeah. But kickboxing classes are really expensive and then I got to schedule it and I got to go there. And that's, that's a, whole ha- a whole hassle. And uh, Sarah has this app called Supernatural where she uses it i think there's like a there's like a intense mode and there's a chill mode Hmm. and the chill mode is what she's been using so i didn't think it was going to work it's like you wave your arms around it's sort of like beat saber but the intense mode is just a boxing class and it's so much fun there's you they put you in like cairo egypt and the great pyramids and there's these things flying at you and you gotta punch them and it's playing pop music that's like actual pop music i don't know how they get the the license to it but uh i was doing i did a, a 20 or 30 minute workout on this thing and uh, it syncs with my Apple Watch also, so the, it was able to track my heart rate. And I was in the orange zone and popped up to the, the red zone a few times. My heart rate was like 140 or 150 or something. Uh, and at the end of it, I didn't feel like I had slogged through this thing I didn't want to do. I felt like, ah, I just played a video game. <laughs> that was fun. And I want to do that again. <laughs> uh, it, it was, it, it it's scratching an itch in my life that uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, it's a good compromise for me of like short-term immediate i'm enjoying the thing in the moment and also i'm doing cardio which is good for my long-term health so uh i thought that was cool that's cool uh, i should look that up uh, the other ones i have that i want to try out are one is called synth riders which is like beat saber okay and then pistol whip which is yeah, like you yeah. have to dodge and stuff uh i have those written down from a long time ago uh because i meant to use my vr headset as a workout device and i never did so <laughs> Maybe I, I recommend it. It's a lot of fun. It's a good hijacking of uh, temptation bundling of like you are playing a video game and it is legitimately fun. And then at the end of it, you burned whatever four hundred calories and you feel right. exhausted. And you're, your heart rate. What, what do you do? What, what do you do with the the headset which gets all sweaty? Is this her? Can you like? Oh, swap so this is this is a terrible part of it because so Sarah and I both have a headset, but the Supernatural app requires a subscription that supports multiple users if they're using the same headset. Uh, so it it just gets really sweaty and gross and then right. <laughs> it dries out and then <laughs> hopefully Lovely. we don't use it like within an hour of each other uh nice. but yeah that's a problem she also has the original headset which is like the foam yeah. and so and i got the new one with an insert that's like a silicon something around it so i noticed yeah. after using it my face was really irritated around in that circle so mm-hmm. i need to get one of the silicon inserts a potential okay. solution for it though would be like there's multiple silicon things that cover it and then, i think there's swap out inserts yeah. yeah 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 so i think that's uh i think that's the way to do it all right 
one more thing do you have one more one more thing, thing. uh right. there's this game on the xbox called the quarry that's in a genre of game that i've never seen before it's like a it's like you're watching a film that feels like a produced film and it's beautiful and uh we, we were playing it at a friend's house who had this giant tv and the surround sound system so i felt like i was watching a movie but you get to make choices for the characters so uh-huh. it's like a choose your own adventure kind of thing and it was riveting and captivating and it's this spooky horror story with these kids who are at this old quarry and there's these weird things going on and you got to try to figure out what's going on and it'll do things like you know oh there was a spooky sound does your character go investigate the sound or do they hide <laughs> and, and you got and you have a limited amount of time to, to right. decide if you're gonna if you're gonna do uh, one of the things and not every decision actually matters i i went after we played it and uh sure. there's a whole wikipedia article that goes through like every decision and, uh, yeah, which yeah. i had to know i had to know every single branch <laughs> and when, what was actually mattering uh but it's it's a form of media that i hadn't been exposed to before it's it's you're watching a feature-length film much longer than that actually i think it's something like eight hours of content that feels as produced and, and looks as visually appearing as some of the shots i was like oh my god i'm watching a movie um but you get to be making choices for the characters so it's it's this interactive fun party thing and the, the way the game is set up you have a bunch of people watch it at the same time and every person in the room is responsible for the choices of one of the characters uh, so when yeah. the narrative switches to a different person's perspective you pass over the controller and then they're driving it and oh it's it's real real good uh, <laughs> if you have an xbox the quarry is is a really cool piece of content that's really cool i was like choose your own adventure for adults yeah uh, that's yeah. neat that's it's cool wild. i'm excited yeah. for new media stuff yeah. that was my last thing so chris that's all i got that's all i got too then I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.